Welcome to Insights for Believers audio podcast. We believe the message you are about to receive from the Word of God today will ignite your faith in the saving grace of Jesus Christ and His love for you. understanding to the simple. We ask for simple hearts tonight that we will see Jesus in your word in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and your name will be glorified in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Leviticus chapter number six as we get going tonight. Leviticus chapter six from verse eight to verse 13. It says, then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his sons saying, this is the law of the bond offering the bond offering shall be on the earth upon the altar all night until morning, and the fire of the altar shall be kept burning on it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment, and his linen trousers he shall put on his body, and take up the ashes of the bond offering which the fire has consumed on the altar, and he shall put them beside the altar. Verse 11 says, Then he shall take off his garments, Put on other garments. There's so much to unpack here, but we'll just keep going. And carry the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. Then verse 12, which is what we want to really focus on for for tonight's message. And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order on it. And it shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings A fire shall always be burning on the altar. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Glory to God. This passage of scripture, it's so loaded. I'm telling you, I I could preach this for weeks. Um, But tonight, we're just going to focus on two critical things, the fire and the wood. Uh, I want to share with you the mystery of the wood towards the end of the message. So stick around with me. But let's start from, from the idea of the fire, that the fact that Uh, We are now in the New Testament. We understand that there is no longer a physical fire. But this gives us an idea of the heart of God, that where the sacrifice was being made on the altar, God desired that the fire had to keep burning, that the fire should never go out. And it's the same with us today, even in the New Testament, even though the fire is now inside of our hearts. Let's see this, Jeremiah 20 and verse 9. Jeremiah 29 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. So it's now inside our hearts. Let's look at Acts chapter number 2 from verse 3. It says, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this fire is now something that comes upon us and is on the inside of us. Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So keeping the fire burning literally means making revival a lifestyle. 
so that it's not just that we're waiting every year for revive. <laughs> You're waiting for you know, a special program to come up, uh, but that it's a lifestyle for you, that the, the way that you, you felt living here uh, on some of you on Saturday night, some of you on Sunday morning after the overflow, you know, feeling you were, you were revived, energized, revitalized, that your heart was yearning and burning for the things of God. God desires that that be a lifestyle, that it is not something that happens only at a certain period, only when the church calls for a fast. So how do we make sure that this is something that keeps on going? So we want to talk about a few things that you can do. Now, there's so many things that I can share with you. But, you know, like, like I say, I like to shoot three points, not because, you know, it's just three points, but because... It makes things easy to remember, simple enough for you to remember. So I'm just going to share three things with you. And the final one will be the, the wood that I talked about. But let's start from, number one, praying in other tongues. Now, this is something that is so simple, but it's a mystery in Scripture. Jude, verse 20. We've read this Scripture several times over the last few, few weeks uh, at Edify Midweek. Jude, verse 20. I'll read verse 20 and 22. Look at what it says. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith... Praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now, we, 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 we did a teaching here about praying in the Spirit, and we, we, we made it clear that praying in the Spirit doesn't just mean praying in tongues, but it is a part of it. Uh -huh. That is The fact that you are praying in, the, in understanding doesn't mean you're not praying in the Spirit. But praying in the Spirit is, is principally praying in other tongues, that you are, you are praying the Spirit's prayer. The Spirit is helping you to pray. So this scripture is saying that the way you build yourself up on your most holy faith is by praying in the Holy Spirit, which means that we were here, you know, for those three, three, three nights and the, the, the overflow, you experienced a high level of faith. Some of you, you were here, you, you heard me saying the whole time, anything is possible in this atmosphere because there was so much faith that was, that was built up on the inside of us, so much energy, so much faith in the atmosphere. It says the way you build yourselves up on your most holy faith is by praying in the Holy Spirit. Then verse 21 says, Keep yourselves in the love of God. This is the other result of praying in the Holy Spirit, is that you keep yourself in the love of God. So the way that you maintain your heart, keeping yourself in the love of God, is by praying in the Holy Spirit. So you've got to make sure that after this revival, you, are, you, are, you maintain a lifestyle of praying in tongues every single day. Every single day. Praying in tongues should not be something that you reserve for when... The pastor says, let's pray in the Spirit. No, no, no. It has to be a part of your own personal life. Paul said, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. This is the dude that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. So he is telling us his secrets. And I, I've told you several times, my own goal is, is an hour every day. I try to make sure that I pray in tongues one hour every single day. And during Revive, I was clocking two to three hours every day of praying, just praying in tongues, not my other prayers. Right now, not when we were here together by myself, personally. This is how you build yourself up in the love of God. This is how you come out and there's so much faith in your heart and you believe God for anything. It's not just by speaking words that are ordinary. No, no, no. There are things that you do behind the scenes. So you have to make sure that this is a practice for you. This is a lifestyle. This is something that you put into your daily routine. And you make sure that you are constantly praying in the Spirit all the time. When you have an idle moment, 
that is not the time to stick out your phone. That should not be your default mode. Your default mode should be praying in the spirit. Whenever you have any spare time, any free moment, right? You, you, you pray in other tongues. You are alone in your car. Nobody can hear you. You pray in the spirit as you drive. You pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what you do from time to time. And you, you see yourself built up on your most holy faith. That's the first thing. Number two thing that you can do from, from now on to, to keep this fire burning in your heart is to take control of the gates of your heart. Number two, take control of the gates of your heart. We're talking about your ears and your eyes. Whatever goes into your eyes and your ears goes into your heart. Your heart is where that fire is. So anything that goes into your eyes and your ears goes into your heart. Whatever goes into your heart goes into your life. So this is why it's so important that you, like Job, you make a covenant with your eyes. That's what Job said. Job 31 verse 1. I'll, I'll read it in the New Living Translation. It says, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with lust at a young woman. So this is what you do. You make a covenant with your eyes. This is a personal thing. It's not something that anybody needs to tell you to do. You, you make a personal decision. And as I'm going about this summer, I am making a covenant with my eyes. I can see things, but I will not look on anything that will not edify my spirit. And this is how you preserve your soul. You preserve the fire that is in your heart. When I'm in, in private moments, at, in bed at night, I'm not using my phone to look at anything that will not glorify God. Anything that can affect the fire that is inside my heart, I will make sure that I keep myself away from it. So you've got to take control of your thoughts. Like we talked about uh, at Edify a few weeks ago. Take control of your thoughts. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. You have been empowered to do this. So it's not like uh, we're just telling you things to do that you don't have the power to do. You have received the grace. You have received the power to do this. Philippians 4 and verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These are the things that you think about, anything that is of good report. If what you are thinking about, you cannot come out in the open to say that this is what I'm thinking about. It's probably not what you should be thinking about. So just, that's what he's talking about. Whatever things are true, noble, pure, just, this is what you want to focus your heart and your attention on to make sure that the fire in your heart keeps burning. Are you with me? Point number three. This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Point number three is to present yourself every day a living sacrifice. This is the most difficult bit. It's easy to pray in tongues. I'm telling you, you can pray in tongues every day, conveniently, one hour. You don't even shake you because you have received the power to do that. It is something that, you know, will come more easily to you now as you go along. Uh, but you see... With presenting your body as a living sacrifice, that one is a, a personal decision. It's something that you have to do willingly by yourself. Somebody said, you know, one of my mentors in the city always says this joke, that the problem with living sacrifices is that they move. So if, you're, if you want to put a dead sacrifice on an altar, it is dead. It's not going to move. But you, as a living sacrifice, the problem is, as you are being presented as a living sacrifice, you have the power to move. And most of the time, living sacrifices move. So you have to make yourself that sacrifice. That's why he says in Romans 12 verse 1, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. You do it. You are the one who will present your body. Look at it. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you. I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind it will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. 
This is the way to worship him. Other translations say, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So that you, you are every day, you are doing this, you are renewing your commitment every single day. To say, God, today I'm willingly surrendering my body as a living sacrifice. So your body is the first sacrifice that goes on this altar. That is the first sacrifice. That is the, the first thing that you do. And you make sure that this continues every morning. That's what it says in Leviticus chapter 6 that we read at the start. Let's go back there to verse number 12 and look at it. It says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priests shall burn wood on it every morning. Every morning. It is a daily thing. Every morning. And lay the burnt offering in order on it. So the wood helps the fire to burn. And I'll talk about the wood in a moment. But the burnt offering is you. You are the sacrifice. So you have to present your body as a living sacrifice. It is called death to self. Where the things that, are, that, that make you, you, know, you, you feel like, oh, I'm so, I'm so at ease. You know, it says, what to them that are at ease in Zion? So all those things that make you feel like, you know, ah, I don't have to do any, any spiritual stress or any spiritual exercise. Those are the things you want to get rid of. You present your body to God every single day and say, whatever, this, this body is not going to tell me what to do. I am in control of my body. If it means that you have to fast more often is what you have to do. To tell your body that I'm, you, are, you are subject to me. You are a tool that God gave me to navigate this earth. You are not supposed to control my life. And this is how you keep the fire burning. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offerings. So in the book of Acts, we saw that in verse number 3 and, and 4 of uh, Acts chapter number 2, the fire of God fell on them. But they continue daily. If you look at the rest of, the, of that chapter, go down to verse number 42 and look at it. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayer. They continued steadfastly. Verse 46 says, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So you don't come for a, a, an event like Revive or watch online for those three days faithfully and then afterwards say, you know, I can just pick and choose what church services I, I go for. Like we're talking about Edify Midweek now in person and some, you're already saying in your heart, that's not for me. Sundays, I'm okay with Sunday. I'll just come on Sundays. Sunday is church. You know, so why, why are we doing Wednesday? Church is Sunday, so I'll just be coming on Sunday. So it's saying they continue daily, daily, every single day. This is not even, <laughs> what we're saying is that we don't want to no longer do Sunday to Sunday. We want to have a time in, in between in the week that we are edifying ourselves. But they are saying here that once every single day, they continued every single day. So you don't pick and choose when it comes to fellowship. Uh -huh. You don't say, oh, you know, I just go to church when it's convenient for me. Because church is not something we do when it's convenient for us. Church is a priority. We put it up there, and then every other thing has to find its way around it. If there's no space, there's no space. So it's not like you, you, you arrange your life, then you find, you see, then church, you now look at it and say, where do I put this now? There's no space. Please. No, 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 no. You are not a Christian. The meaning of Christianity is that church, the things of God, your fellowship with God, every day continuing in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in prayer, that is your priority. And then everything else has to find its way around it. If, if there's no room, there's no room. So this is how to be a Christian. So you continue daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, and this is what you do. Now let's talk about the wood for the sacrifice. Because in, in that scripture in Leviticus chapter 6, if you go back to verse 12 again, it says, And the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. 
it shall not be put out. I'm repeating this deliberately so that it, it sinks into your heart that the fire shall not be put out. It has to be continually, it has to continue burning. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. This wood is so important. It is very important because wood helps fire to burn. But what is that wood? What does it mean? We've already said that the burnt offering is you. You are the sacrifice. But what about the wood? And he says it has to be done every single morning. Now, one of the basic uh, uh, principles of scriptural interpretation you might know is called the law of first mention. So every time you see a concept in the Bible and you want to understand how it will be used in other places, you need to go to the first place that it was mentioned. So let's go to Genesis 22 from verse 1 and see the first place that this wood shows up. Now it came to pass, Genesis 22 from verse 1. After these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love. So he's not going to tell you to sacrifice something you don't love. Whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. You see what we said. On one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering. And arose and went to the place of which God has told him. So, your body is the first sacrifice. Then the wood is what you split to assist the fire to burn. What is this wood? Deuteronomy chapter number 4. Deuteronomy chapter 4. Let's begin to see it now. Deuteronomy 4 from verse 27. And the Lord will scatter you among the people. So, we're not going to interpret this wood just with our brain. We want to look at the scripture. What does the scripture say about it? Okay. And the Lord will scatter you among the people. And you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve God's. The work of men's hands, wood and stone, which neither see nor hear, nor eat nor smell. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your souls. Are you following now? Isaiah 37, verse 18. Isaiah 37, 18. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste all the nations and their lands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of man's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they destroyed them. So, what do we cast into the fire? It's wood. And what is the wood? It's the work of our hands. Idols. Things that represent our idols. The things that we have created as idols that we value so much. You might say, I don't, I don't worship gods. I don't bow down to wood or, or stone or whatever. No, no, no. We're talking about the things that you have made, you have exalted above the knowledge of God in your life. Those things are the things that you have to put into the fire every single morning. That is what makes the, the fire burn. That is what keeps the fire going. Revelations chapter 9. Let's look at it in the New Testament. Revelations 9 verse 20. I'm going quickly because of time. This is always online. It's something you can watch all over again. You can listen to it all over again. Okay? This is something that would, would take me a long time to teach normally. But like I said, we, we are trying to keep the online version to 30 minutes. When we start doing impressing, it will not be 30 minutes. Trust me. Revelations chapter 9 verse 20. But the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. So wood, once again, represents anything you have made into a god. Anything you consider extremely valuable has to be laid down at this altar every single day. That is what fuels the fire because there is no altar without sacrifice. Did you hear me? There is no altar 
without sacrifice. In fact, the, the very meaning of offering is sacrifice. So it's not, it's not, offering is not something you just give that doesn't mean anything to you. No, no, no. The, the real meaning of the word offering is sacrifice. Is that this is something that costs you something. Do you know that it is not what you give that goes up? It is what you give up that goes up. Should I say that again? It is what you give up that goes up, not what you give. Uh-huh. So, so, so wood is something that comes at a price. It's not, if you look through scripture, it's not something that, you know, you just come by easily. No, it's something that costs you something. Lamentations chapter 5 from verse 3. Look at it. Lamentations 5, 3. We have become orphans and wives. Our, our mothers are like widows. We pay for the water we drink and our wood comes at a price. The Bible speaks about Solomon's bond offering in 2 Chronicles chapter 1 from verse 6. It says, And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting, and offered a thousand bond offerings on it. On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? It is what you give up that goes up. So God appeared to Solomon after he made this, this amazing sacrifice. And God said, What shall I give you? Because sacrifice matters. In our kingdom, sacrifice matters. This is why it matters where you go to church. You know, it matters that you go to church. But it matters more where you go to church. Uh, because, you know, it's been said that people always gravitate towards churches that share their level of commitment. <laughs> that when people go into a church and they see that these people, their, own, their fire is too much for me, they will walk away, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, go, and go somewhere where they feel like, okay, we are on the same level, we can relate, <laughs> you know. So you don't want to be among people that are, that are okay with the norm. Yeah, you don't want to be in a complacent place. So wherever you are, you have to find a church that is on fire for God. Uh, if you're, you're attending a church, they never talk about the Holy Spirit, they never mention anything about, about being on fire for God, you have to recalibrate uh -huh, and ask yourself, am I in the right place? Here we say, come as you are, but we are not going to let you remain as you are. That's not the goal. The goal is to make you uncomfortable, uncomfortable with the norm, uncomfortable with the status quo. So finally, uh, with the last six minutes that we have, let's, let's, let's look at another thing that wood could represent in your life. Wood could also represent anything that fuels strife in your life. Anything that is contentious in your life could also be a, a, a representation of this wood that you need to put into this fire every single morning. Proverbs chapter 26. Let's look at this. Proverbs 26 from verse 20 to 21. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. And where there is no tail bearer, strife ceases. As shackle is to burning coals and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. So, you don't want strife anywhere near you as a result of the fire that you are preserving in your heart. If you are preserving fire in your heart, strife is like when you let out water. Proverbs 17 verse 14. The beginning of strife is like releasing water. Therefore, stop contention before a quarrel starts. Let me ask you, what happens to fire when water shows up? It, it kills the fire. So, strife is like releasing water. So when, you, when, when you, you, you accommodate strife around you, it literally puts out that fire in your heart. So you don't want strife anywhere near you. The more you let go of strife and learn to forgive, the more you are putting into the, the more wood you are putting into the fire on the altar of your heart. So the more you let go of, of strife, you forgive those that have offended you. You don't let anything come near you. you don't let anything that would disrupt your flow come into your heart. If somebody has done something, you let go of it. Those are the sacrifices that you put into the fire. Those are the sacrifices because it costs you something to let go of somebody that you, that, you, know, that you think that you justly, you were, you were the one that is right. But you have to ask yourself, 
Is it, is it that you want to be right or you want to be righteous? So it's more important for you to be righteous than for you to be right. So don't hold on to what is right. Let go of it and, and release it so that it keeps that fire in your heart continually burning. Glory be to God. I will stop here for today. Uh, hopefully sometime in the future we can, we can pick up and I can share a bit more of what I wanted to share really today. And I hope this, this blessed you. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word today. And by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish everyone in this truth, deepen it within our consciousness. Lord, let the fire that you have lit on the inside of us, let it continue to burn in the mighty name of Jesus, burn till eternity, till you return. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we will not need a kindling every year, but that this fire will, will arise up to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And our lives will be very impactful to our generation. Thank you for listening to Insights for Believers today. For more information or to send us questions, testimony, and feedback, please visit us at www.insightsforbelievers.org. Be blessed today, and we'll see you again soon.